No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. I'll, I'll be honest with you good folks who are tuning in to the Illegal Curve post-game show on this Thursday night. I was sitting there with about four minutes to go in the game, and it's a one nothing Chicago lead, and it's been one of the lowest event games of the year. And I'm thinking to myself, well, Drew, didn't you see my tweet? I said, don't say low event. No, I blocked you on Twitter years ago. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, what the hell am I going to talk about for the next hour? How are we going to fill an hour worth of airtime talking about this game? Uh, fortunately, we have a lot to talk about now. Thanks to the uh, stirring Winnipeg Jets comeback. They continue the winning streak. It looked like it was in peril for the record setting winning streak. Drew. Yes. The record setting winning streak. Exactly. The franchise record eighth win in a row for the Winnipeg Jets. And 14th straight game with a point, which sets a record for an NH, a Winnipeg based NHL franchise eclipsing the one they tied in 84-85. Those Jets were 10-0-3. These Jets were 11-0-2. And, of course, now they're 12-0-2. So they've set the, the, the record for an NHL-based franchise for 14 games with at least a point. There you go. So, uh, but I was sitting there for a while thinking, all right, am I going to have to, you know, start looking for the funniest thing, interesting things that have happened in the world that we can bring up to discuss during the nonsense uh, portion of the show, <laughs> the nonsense portion of the show, folks. And I know a lot of you love the nonsense portion, and I do too. The, nonsense, the, the nonsense portion was on the verge of being a much longer portion of tonight's show had it not been for that stirring late game comeback to give the sold out crowd of 15,225 people there something to cheer about when Thanks they for had been the exact quiet. number by the way Drew well you know I'm, I'm I like to be fully accurate here as a they finally yeah, gave it used the to crowd. be like 15,300 it was 15,500 when they first came back and then they uh, realigned they seats out it was yeah. the loge seating, I believe, Drew. I think the loge seating exactly yeah. is what uh, caused there. To I think be, they also uh, remember above the Ticketmaster lounge, they've meant they've added some seats or something like that. So there's there's been some adjustments. In any event, the number is fifteen thousand two twenty five. It was a sellout, and for fifty five minutes of this game, that fifteen thousand people didn't have much to cheer about. And then they had a whole hell of a lot to cheer about afterwards, as the Winnipeg Jets, for the second time this season, come back from a uh, from losing from trailing after forty minutes and pull out another victory tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks. And with all of that said, we say. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And for all of you joining us, wherever you may be, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show with Dave Manuk, with Ezra Ginsberg. I am your host, Drew Mandel, here to discuss the Winnipeg Jets Thanks winning for the Pepsi, yet Dave. again. Delicious. The Winnipeg Jets winning yet again. Tonight, it was a 2-1 margin, one of the uh, uglier victories of recent memory, but it's still... Two points in regulation, and the Jets will gladly run away with it. And you have to feel bad. I said it to Dave before we started, before you joined us, Ezzy. You got to feel a little bit bad for the Chicago Blackhawks because they played, uh, you know, they played a. And specifically, Morazic. 
because he was three and a half minutes away from a shutout. And the thing is, like, when you're one of the worst teams in the league, like, this is all you have, right? (laughs) Like, the Blackhawks are not making the playoffs this year. So, uh, yes, uh, the the Blackhawks definitely skated off the ice uh, very downtrodden. Yeah, they deserved better. I mean, look, they've been, you know, despite being without uh, Connor Bedard, they've been. Drew, playing... just say their whole team. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. Their their IR list. They're, they have thirty three million dollars in in cap right now on IR. I, I was, was forty three million, Dave. Well, honestly, as I was doing the pregame report, and I was like, oh, Seth Jones is out. Oh, Nick Foligno's out. Oh, like, and it went on and on and on and on, and I was like. They're missing. They're honestly missing like two lines and top pairing defensemen for for their team. I should say the, no question. And you got to feel bad for them. Two straight games they've gone up against some uh, some high powered teams. The Jets tonight and the Oilers on on Tuesday night. Same they give thing, up, yeah. you know. And again, they lost to the Oilers two one again. And the Oilers, I think, in that entire game only had something like fifteen shots on goal. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, Chicago has been you know doing their best they've been playing some decent hockey they beat the flames on, on, on sunday and in the midst of this the last two nights they they are last two games they end up with zero points uh you know they very easily could have walked away with the victory tonight but kudos to the jets in that on a night where they clearly did not have their a game i would say that for the most part they probably had at best a c plus or maybe even a b minus game he's got degrees drew well, that. <laughs> you know, yes, you, we do know that. And, you know, whatever your LSAT number was, didn't get you a law degree. But that's 147. There you go. 147. C's might get didn't you get me into law school, let alone a law degree. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, didn't even get, I didn't even get into the door, Drew. <laughs> uh, but you got to sort of feel bad for the Chicago Blackhawks yeah. tonight was my point in, in all of that. Uh, probably deserved better. Didn't get better. But the Winnipeg Jets did. And we'll get the two points and we'll head to the... Uh, Head, you know, the end of the night again atop uh, the NHL standings as this streak, this incredible streak that the hometown team is on. Uh, you know, just a grinder for the Jets. The passes weren't working. The skating looks like it was a little bit in mud for the most part. They were really dragged through this game on the shoulders, I would say, primarily of Josh Morrissey in tonight's contest, guys. Yeah, Morrissey was was really good tonight, and I mean, it it really seemed like the Jets sagged. As soon as Mark, Shif- it was announced that Mark Shifley wasn't returning to the game, right? Right. And it wasn't that f- long after that Connor Murphy scored the goal, which we'll obviously get into the Betway game recap. But I don't, I don't think Lauren Brassois saw it, or he didn't see all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a screen in front, right? I believe it was Dylan Sandberg, Dave, if I'm not mistaken, who was the Jets defenseman. It was like forget- a million guys in front. Yeah, and Whistle maybe I think was was in front. I know Dylan Sandberg was one of the defensemen that was in front of LB, but. Yeah, I mean, Drew, the second period especially, like, how long did the Jets go in that second period without a shot on goal? It was it was an ugly and, period. And I think, the, yeah. I think the Jets, on their first three power plays, maybe had two shots on net. I know on their third power play, they didn't have any shots on net. And then Brendan Dillon, I made a note, because now Drew's taking these immaculate notes, so I have to keep up with Drew and all of his notes. What? I'm not going to be outnoted by Drew here. Yeah, but mine. <laughs> yeah, but Drew, mine are all on my phone here. Hold on, let well, me get, let me get my notes app out here, Drew. Aren't you uh, high tech? My, yeah, you know, see, those are my notes. Uh, wow. Okay, Essie, look at you with the note. Is that a cracked screen though? I'm pretty sure that I see a cracked screen there. He's reading them through a cracked screen. Yeah, it is a cracked screen. Mm, that's my shame. iPhone 10 has seen better days. I'm going to get an iPhone. I just, uh, you know, money's a little tight right now, Drew. So I'm trying to wait it out. 
I actually think I might get a, a Motorola Razor. Like, I feel like I could get one of those for like 10 bucks or something like that. But no, you're absolutely right, Drew. I mean, it, it look, I mean, the Jets are a much more skilled team than the Hawks. And that's even with Connor Bedard and, and Taylor Hall and Seth Jones, Nick Felino. I mean, we talked about it. Eight regulars out of the lineup. Anthony mm-hmm. Beauvillier was just acquired, what, two months ago? He's out of the, out of the lineup. lineup, right? So, um, look, give the Hawks a lot of credit for leading this game for as long as they did, right? Um, and, you know, one guy that stood out for me on Chicago that I thought had a really good game was Colin Blackwell, former mm-hmm. uh, Seattle Kraken legend, Colin Blackwell. <laughs> he had that he had that good chance uh, shorthanded, good speed, remember, good and, and Brassois yeah. had to make a, you know, he, he was tested. Blackwell was good. So, look, we had the comment up earlier. The Hawks are playing hard for Luke Richardson. I mean, they, they're playing for their jobs. They're playing for, uh, they're not playing for a playoff spot. That's for sure, Dave. But yeah, right. give Chicago a lot of credit, but also give the Jets credit for pulling out a 2-1 victory and keeping this this winning streak going. Uh, Nick Ehlers, we were talking about it here. Dave was at the arena for the first two periods. And then we, we always watch the third period here together because we're BFF. And Nick Ehlers, uh, he blasted over the net right before he scored. Yeah. And it seemed like Ehlers missed the net uh, three or four times tonight. He had a lot of shot attempts. Um, but, w- but what a beauty. I think uh, I think we know who's going to get the Seagram shot of the game tonight, Drew. Well, you, you're, 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 there weren't that many options, so you're probably on the right path there, Mr. Well, Connor Gainsbury. Murphy was going to get it up until the uh, <laughs> you're you know, right. the 56-minute mark. You're right. He, 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 might have to, you know, he, he was going to be our only option for a while. But, I mean, we really can't get into tonight's game recap, Dave, mm-hmm. without talking about the Shifley injury. So, for those well, of you... Yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just going to say, like, I, I, further to the point about Nikolai Ehlers, it's funny because we went, of course, the Jets held an optional yesterday. He and Neil Pionk were the guys who who skated, the regulars, I should say, who skated. And, uh, you know, he was talking to us and, you know, he's the most um, self-deprecating guy you, you'll meet probably. Like, he's just, you know, it, the Jets A dry have a sense on, of humor. Yeah, and the, the Jets are on this unbelievable run. He's performing, but he's just As like, well. to yours, Drew, like a wet sense of humor. Right, fuck Thank you, yes. <laughs> Anywho, so the point is that he, you know, he was saying, well, I could have played better in the last game. I could have played a couple better, better in the road trip. And, and, you know, again, he was talking about that idea of, like, the Jets being not satisfied with their game. So even though they're in first place, and even though they're setting, you know, they'd won, uh, to that point, seven games in a row, points in 13 straight as of yesterday – you know, Nikolai Ehlers wasn't satisfied. And then, you know, he was talking to us and talking about his his game. And I said, it's amazing listening to Nikolai Ehlers right now because he sounds like they lost the game 5 nothing instead of beating Columbus 5 nothing. Just to listen to the, him reflect on the things he had done well and the things mm-hmm. the team had done well and the things that could be improved upon. And I just want to get this quote because I think it's funny that he said it yesterday. I mean, he was talking about, you know, being the first place team in the league. He said, that's pretty fun. But he said, we still haven't accomplished anything. We're still not even halfway through the season yet. So, again, that gives you his mindset. And then now they asked, are. <laughs> well, now, yeah. And he goes, not, not sure, you know, and then he get again, he was asked about, you know, why he was skating when a lot of so many guys weren't. He said, I didn't feel very good yesterday. I didn't play very well. So I think my legs needed to get out there, get that last road trip out of my system. And then he said, he ended it with this, with this quote, which I think is rather appropriate. We'll see tomorrow if it worked. Well, it did work. He scored the game winning goal. So, uh, again, it's one of those games. 
like as you and I are watching this, and again, we talk about this a lot. We get feels for game. You get a feel for watching, having watched this team. Yeah. And even though the Jets didn't play their best game by far, by far, and you got to give, like as he's been saying for the last little few minutes, it, the Jets, you got to give the Hawks credit for playing a hard game. Mm-hmm. But it still felt like this game was either going to be. I didn't think the Jets would win in regulation. I actually thought it was going to be an overtime game. I thought there's no question the Jets are going to score. But again, it's just this team is just, even when they don't play well, and let's be realistic, they didn't play well. The passing was, the uh, look, the, the yeah. Jets looked like they were playing the, like an AHL team. Some of their passing, it wasn't crisp. Uh, it killed momentum throughout the first and second periods. Uh, they really just started to kind of get their legs under them in the third, I thought, or playing a little bit more to their form, I should say, in that third period. So, but they all can't be Picassos and you take the two points and you run away and we'll see if they practice. They're scheduled to practice tomorrow. I'm not certain if they're going to do that or not, but we'll see if that, if that holds up. So the big takeaway for the game, obviously the Jets get the two points and that's very important. But as I was going, as I, as I was about to say before, is that the question of course becomes one of Mark Shifley's health. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you missed it uh, very early in the second period on what certainly just looked like an innocent rush, uh, Shifley pulls up lame and he, you know, you can see it on the, on the, if you watch the replay, you know, at first glance, you couldn't really see what was going on, but then you can see him sort of grab for the, his leg and people apparently are saying that on the bench, he said to Nino Niederreiter, uh, that it was his groin and he immediately skated down, uh, you know, went to the bench and left the ice and went down the tunnel to the Jets dressing room and was quickly ruled out for the remainder of the game. Very so course, quickly. Yeah. I'm no. glad that you met. I'm glad that you mentioned that, Drew, because usually there's what five to ten minutes after mm-hmm. a guy leaves the ice. It seemed like that was like two minutes after Shifley left the ice, and then Connor Murphy, as Dan Robertson was announcing it, Connor Murphy scored that goal to put the Hawks up one nothing. Right. So you're right, Drew. I mean, it's obviously lower body, um, but just the way he was kind of clutching it, it it, it seems like it could be a groin. So you're saying that a few fans heard Shifley no, say that I, on the bench? I saw it on I saw it on, on social media. I think it was either Scott uh, or or Murat or or somebody said that it looked like Shifley said to Niederreiter as he was leaving uh, to go to the Jets dressing room. He said that it looked like he mouthed something about it being his groin. Okay. Now, uh, so, I didn't know that Scotty was a lip reader. <laughs> well, the the question I, funny because there was a little some some some. Uh, seat juggling today in the press box. So I was much closer to the Winnipeg Sun and the Winnipeg Free Press, uh, unfortunately, than I usually am. must be punished for something. Yeah, I know. I had to listen to, to Kenny and Scotty uh, going back at it. They were reopening Were you wounds. beside Judy Owen, though, Dave? That's all No, Judy wasn't there. And so uh, uh, Jim Bender took our, the seat. He wanted to be plugged into the internet. So I was sitting beside Mike McIntyre today, not usually that close to those guys. They usually have a little, we get a little icy buffer zone. We Apparently get it that. was Kenny Weeb who tweeted about the groin. So that's okay. That's well, that makes that's sense. What the chat, that's what the chat is telling me. At least Kenny's got Kenny's got good eyes, so he yeah. probably he's a he's a bit of a lip reader. But anywho, you know, and the other thing I was curious about, and they never showed a replay, so we didn't get a chance to see it. But on that play, of course, this happened in the second period when the Jets started with the um, with the man advantage, and yeah. Mark Shifley lost the puck along the wall, which set up a two on one for Chicago. Now, I haven't had a chance to watch the replay, but I was curious if he turned and remember they're coming out. They're not they're You know, they're a little cold. I wasn't certain if whatever happened to him happened on that part of the play and not when he was skating back because his, his skating back looked fairly innocuous. So to my mind, and again, I would defer to the chat because I didn't have the benefit of replay being inside the 
uh, arena in the press box. So I didn't get a chance to really see the replay of the play. And we'll, I, you know, obviously we can watch it. Uh, I watched here. it like four or five times, Dave. It was really tough to to see what happened before that and what yeah. exactly it was. Yeah. Right. But I mean, if he did mouth groin, then yeah, it, it was, it was something like that. It was something like in that general uh, lower area, body right? area. Like, it's it, not it, nearly it seem, anywhere. It didn't seem like it was any, like a, a knee or anything like that. It no. seemed, mm-hmm. it, it seemed like it was upper lower body, if you will. Yeah, and then it's just a matter of, you know, who knows what the the prognosis for that will be. And obviously that'll be with something people are keeping a close eye on. It's an amazing comment by That Isha is a Boy funny Bruce. comment from uh, Ishaboy Bro. Who Bruce remembers Bruce? Leonardo DiCaprio's cameo yeah, was, on Growing Leo, Pains? No, what was, what was his name on the... Uh, what was his name? On Growing Pains, what was his yeah. name? Wasn't he like the troubled youth with the, with the yeah. golden heart that they brought into the... Uh, yeah, he was the, like a late edition. a character named Boner? That was, that was, that was Mike Seaver's uh, best friend. Best friend, yeah. That's right. Um, well, back you know, back then you could say different things on TV. And then Try to segue they, from that, there, Drew. I, you know what I? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you how I'm going to segue away from that, folks. There's a there's a new commercial coming up during the commercial break, and in that commercial we reference w- that we wish we were able to use the mute button on Ezzy more often. That's one of those instances where we wish that we were able to use the mute button on Ezzy. But you can stay tuned to the new uh, world debut of a new Grid Park commercial coming up uh, during the commercial messages of this show, which, let's be honest, are really part of the highlight of the show for a lot of people. Uh, In any event, uh, let's get back into this uh, victory by the Winnipeg Jets. One, they pull out of the fire by a 2-1 margin uh, over the Chicago Blackhawks on this Thursday night. We say good evening to everyone that's joining us. This is the Illegal Curve post-game show. Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and I am your host, Drew Mandel, here talking about the Jets' victory uh, over the Blackhawks. We do this each and every Jets game, and we always incorporate our favorite segment. That is the Betway Game Recap. The Betway Game Recap. Big thanks to our friends at Betway for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly before we get into the uh, few goals that were scored tonight. Jets head coach Rick Bonus telling the media that Shifley's lower body injury that forced him out of the game during the second period will be reevaluated on Friday. No further update on his status tonight, which is not what I would describe as a surprise. The question is, is it a day-to-day or is it a week-to-week or is it anything more ominous or for the Jets' perspective? They obviously hope that it's nothing ominous whatsoever. We'll find out more tomorrow, uh, which of course will be covered in its entirety on IllegalCurve.com, so you can stay tuned for that. Uh, With the Jets' victory tonight, uh, again, very low event, very dull uh, opening period uh, for both teams, I would say. The Jets controlled the majority of the first period. They outshot Chicago by a 10-6 margin. The best chance came off. At one point, Drew, it was 7-1. to 
Yeah, well, yeah, the Jets came out looking like you wanted them to look, but but it wasn't crisp necessarily, but they had some good zone time, and that's what you want to see. You want, you know, Chicago, that's where they're, I mean, they have weaknesses all over their lineup, but their defense is certainly an area that the Jets uh, can can take advantage of. Jared Tenorti uh, is on the top pair for the Hawks no. right now. Four <laughs> or five years ago, he couldn't crack the Habs top six. Yeah, and it's not like the Habs and I'm not were... picking on Jared Tenorti. I'm just saying, like, that is, it's not, like... I mean, the, the Hawks defense wasn't good when Seth Jones was in the lineup. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's I mean, they, but look, again, give them credit. They were shutting the Jets out uh, up until, uh, you know, three and a half minutes left. But, yeah, that's uh, not exactly uh, not exactly the, the Winnipeg Jets defense, if you will. It's not even. Yeah, there's very few Norris candidates on that back end for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, yeah. The best chance in that first period, Dave, uh, came off of uh, Gabe Velarde's stick. He had a breakaway after it was a alley-oop. Yeah, the alley-oop from Nikolai Ehlers that they, he's been very uh, adept at using. And Velarde breaks in. But Morazic, who's been very good against the Winnipeg Jets, this is yeah. the second straight game. Uh, you know, the, I guess the goalpost was really good in that game uh, right before <laughs> Christmas or right after Christmas, whenever that was. Uh, but tonight, uh, Morazic was pretty solid, and he makes this big save on Velarde in the first period. And that really was the bulk of the scoring chances in that first period. Uh, it, w- it was a, uh, uh, like I said, a not, a not uneventful first period. Uh, somehow the Jets were credited with seven high danger chances, but uh, I'm not in really the first sure. period. That's what natural statric is telling me. Seven high natural statric died from watching that for that first <laughs> period. So maybe they, maybe they don't realize what actually happened. Maybe they're a little charitable with what they're calling a, a high danger play, but you were in the building. It was uh, uh, just a very sort of dull first period. No, there's, I mean, look, the Jets, it, it, it was the Chicago Blackhawks played their game plan to a T, right? Like they right. basically tried to play a, t- a hard game and, and they, they did get their chances. Like the Jets, I thought the Jets passing was poor. I thought like there are a number of instances where I'm watching the game and I'm not solely focused on Mason Appleton, but there were a couple of plays where it just, it just destroyed the momentum that the team tried to build. And there were, and it wasn't just Mason Appleton. Nikolai Ehlers made an errant pass. A lot of, I would say, too cute by half passes. I thought Mark Scheifele did one when they, I think, it was either on the power play or on the delayed call where he tried to no look behind the net, and it goes right between the two defensemen and out of the zone. There was another play like where the Jets were just trying to be cute. And Mestikov, I don't know if I don't know if yes, you, no, no, had the puck in the slot. And he could have just shot the puck on net. He was in a good position to shoot the puck on that. And he dished Passed it to, it to Perfetti, who was yeah. to the left of, of Mrazek. Perfetti missed the net. No, so you're, you're, that, that, was, that kind of summed up the first period. But Drew's right, Dave. I mean, the Gabe Velarde breakaway uh, on the nice flip pass by Ehlers, that was by far the best chance. I'm with, I'm with Drew. I don't know how there were seven high-danger <laughs> scoring chances. Like yeah, that's maybe serious. three or four, but uh, I don't well, remember seven. And 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 again, like I said, like that. But that's what the Jets did, right? Like you're Ezzy, That's a perfect play to highlight. The Nemestikov. He makes a nice move to create that space for himself. He's right going right at Mrazek, and then for whatever reason, thinks the better play is to dish it to Perfetti, who's at a tough angle. I mean, if it works, great, and the crowd goes bananas. But again, it just seemed like that was indicative of what the Jets were trying to do, which was to be too cute, too highlighty, and not 
direct enough. And and again, when and you it was had more the of the same in the second, right, Dave? Like for sure, we, we talked about it. I mean, as I'm the, trying not to get go too quickly, we we have to get through the first two two and a half periods of this sure. game without talking about anything. Yeah, well, at least we have three goals to talk about. It was looking like sure. we'd only have one goal to talk about, and I wasn't sure, you know how much time we could, uh, I mean, back in the radio days, we could stretch out a se- segment like nobody's business, but I don't <laughs> think we were going to be able to spend more than three or four minutes on Connor Murphy's goal. Yeah. But uh, yeah, in the third period, they definitely had a, a lot of scoring chances. Uh, you know, there were, I mean, Josh Morrissey had a good scoring chance. Morgan Barron um, uh, had a two-on-one with Dominic Toninato. Mrazic had to make a good save. Then there was the Nemestikov chance. I made a note here. Uh, it was Nemestikov assisted by Perfetti. Mrazic had to make a good save. So, yeah, it was late in the game. But, again, this Jets team, I mean, that's all you need, right? The, at the end of the day, Chicago never got the insurance goal. So it was a one-goal game mm-hmm. uh, for a long stretch. And, oh. you know, they they took the foot off the gas a little bit there in the third. Well, Chicago clearly was just, you know, they they were they were just hoping to rag the puck and, and and let the clock. I mean, they were they were they were you know having four guys lined up, you know, from between the blue line and and their and the red line. They weren't taking any chances. But you know, when you don't when you play that, you know, prevent defense. All prevent defense does is prevent you from winning the game. Is what the uh, the the old expression goes. But you know, the Jets. Uh, had to grind through it, and you're right. The, the passing was off tonight. Uh, you know, I'll give uh, Chicago credit; they did a very good job getting into the passing lanes. The Jets yeah. maybe made it a little bit easier on them in that a uh, lot of the net front traffic or a lot of the shots the Jets did generate through the first twenty, uh, you know, forty minutes of the game, even the first fifty minutes of the game, Morazic could see any mm-hmm. bodies that were close to Morazic were off to the side of him. They weren't. Uh, they weren't, you know, in front of him. They were looking for tips. But, you know, if Mrazic's going to see the puck, largely he's going to make the save. Um, you know, obviously that's Well, especially the when there's no shots like there were in the second period, right? Right. The second period was not a good one for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, you know, the second period, the shots on goal were, I mean, it were 10-6. So it was a reversal and of had, the first Andrew, period. They had, they, and they had one shot for the first, like, 10, 10 minutes, minutes, 15 minutes, whatever right. it was. It was dumb. It sort of reminded me of... I'm not saying that the in, that the 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 Shifley injury is going to be as significant as Connor's injury, but mm. it sort of reminded me of that game uh, in Anaheim, where the jet where Connor goes down, remember, and the Jets, mm. uh, you know, really just sort of get into a funk for a big portion of that game until they were able to pull it out in the end. And that's sort of that second period after Shifley left the ice, the Jets seemed a little discombobulated. They had two power play opportunities in that second period, and they didn't do anything at all with those power play chances. They were just, you know, really having trouble getting any zone time and you're you're because you're on the fly you're trying to sort of figure out how your game is going to look now on the fly you're shuffling guys around you're moving guys into different spots from where they were expecting to be for the majority of the game so you can sort of understand why when a player goes out of the lineup you know and especially a player of Shifley's ilk and how important he's been to this Winnipeg Jets team how it can sort of cause uh, a, a ripple effect of negativity throughout the lineup and that's sort of what I thought you saw in that second period uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. And it certainly culminates at the 419 mark uh, with Connor Murphy getting his uh, second of the season assist to Lucas Reichel and Cole Gutman. I'm pretty sure I went to summer camp with Cole Gutman back in the day, <laughs> but uh, whatever it was, uh, it was, it was a point shot by Murphy, a wrist shot uh, that beat Lauren Brassois through a lot of traffic. 
uh, that you, I would agree that Brassois probably didn't see that one as a. Yeah, Vlad Domestikov, uh, uh, he he could he failed to clear the puck. He, he had an opportunity um, around the blue line to clear the puck, and as you mentioned, your 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 camp friend Cole Gutman uh, <laughs> picked up the puck, uh, and then he got it to Lucas Reichel, and Lucas Reichel made a nice little drop pass. Dave, you remember Lucas Reichel? He was really good with Rockford. Yep, and he and he honestly, like we talked about, you know, Colin Blackwell looked really good tonight. He had a few scoring chances. Uh, Lucas Reichel, they're very high on him. Alex Vlasic, uh, I caught Troy Murray, uh, former Winnipeg Jet 1.0. Uh, he was on with uh, Derek Taylor on the CGOB pregame show, and he was talking about Alex Vlasic, who's actually from Chicago, uh, second-round pick, played for the U.S. Uh, National Team Development Program. Um, he is a, a six-foot-six defenseman. I'm more of a defensive defenseman. He's not going to put up big offensive numbers, but like you can see the Hawks, they have, you know... I think if there's one theme with all these bad teams the Jets are playing, guys, I know this isn't part of the Connor Murphy goal, but when you're talking about the Ducks or the Sharks or the Blue Jackets or the Hawks, there's a lot of good young prospects on these teams. The only problem is they just don't know how to win in the NHL right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so on this goal, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, nice little pass by Lucas Reichel to Connor Murphy, but we talked about it. There was uh, traffic in front of uh, Lauren Brassois. It was Dylan Sandberg who was battling a, a Chicago Blackhawks forward. I thought it might have been Mackenzie Entwistle, but if if Brassois saw it, he didn't see a lot of it. And it's possible he didn't see any of it because it was just a C&I shot. So, I mean, yeah, Chicago goes up one nothing, um, And at that, at that point in the game, you were getting a little bit nervous uh, because the Jets didn't have a lot going offensively early in the second. No, they certainly did not have a lot going early in the second. I mean, it was, again, like I described it, the Jets sort of looked like they were skating in mud. Passes were in skates. Blackhawks did an admirable job, you know, blocking shots, getting into shot lanes, getting their sticks into passing lanes. And I thought the Jets were, particularly in that second period and maybe for the first 10 minutes of the third period, were being a little bit too cute with their approach. It was yep. more east-west than north-south, Dave, I thought. No, I mean, that's I that was my thought, Drew, throughout the course of this hockey game was I thought that the Jets were trying, like you'd watch them and you'd like, okay, go in and make a shot. And then they'd try some sort of low percentage pass and or or a shot from a bad angle. And sometimes obviously the, the bad angle shots can work, but I mean it just it just didn't seem like they were being consistent. And one of the things I think we've seen from this Jets team is being is them being consistent. Now we we should mention that because we I forgot to mention it. Axel Janssen Fialbi was a game time decision. He was ill. He didn't skate this morning. So the Jets were contemplating going eleven and seven in the end. And Logan Stanley did take warm up, but in the end, Axel Janssen Fialbi uh, chose to go. So he's obviously wasn't feeling a hundred percent. You know, he just dealing with a that. few Dayquil, Dave, and uh, whatever he's, he's got to do, right? Yeah. He he did. But I mean, it just seemed like one of the hallmarks of this Jets club, which we've which we've been covering, well, obviously we've been covering forever, but specifically during this run is that this team has been consistent. And today they weren't. Today they were not a consistent team. You can say, mm -hmm. you know, oh, Mark Scheifele's injury threw them off. But like the first period, while they played all right in that first period, there's no question about it. They didn't they didn't maintain that level of consistency. And, and you know, Especially again, it's against a weaker opponent. Right. And, and I think we had the comment up there from uh, Kenny's water bottle. And then I'll throw it back to you, Dave. Um, I'm not going to put up the comment because it was probably about 10 minutes ago, but I agree with what Kenny's water bottle said um, about, you know, you kind of saw 
you know, the condensed schedule. The Jets have been playing a lot of games lately, Dave. Yeah, I think you saw that for the first time tonight, right? Like, we thought we might see it against Columbus. Mm-hmm. But like Drew said, like, the legs weren't quite there. And, like, let's be honest here. The Jets are playing a lot of hockey games lately, right? Like, they're yep. going to have a break coming up at the end of January. Well, they but- got a lot. They play, like, I think Mike said, I was talking to Mike McIntyre in the, in the press box, and he said, like, I think they play, like, four games in the next, like, 20 days. Like the, I think all the, and, just and wait till we sure get the, to March. If you look, I'm pretty that sure the March TSN schedule. crew is like going on on holidays because they're, uh, I think they're all Sportsnet games for the rest for the next little uh, stretch here. So, look, it, it it's just a function of the Jets are not going to be able to. I mean, again, as consistent as they've been, and we've talked about them being able to maintain that. Sometimes it just isn't. It isn't going. You know, sometimes it's just not happening. And and tonight was one of those nights. And again, I credit the Chicago Blackhawks because they played a simple game. And we talked about it. Like, you know, we joked about, oh, you're playing Rockford. But again, this Rockford team, in theory, beat Calgary, as Drew said, held the Oilers to 15 shots and lost two to one, you know, a few days ago. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, a a comeback loss to the Jets. So again, these guys are all, they have pride. They want to, as he said, they want to play for jobs and they want to make an impression. So these guys aren't going to go out and they're not going to give you, these guys are giving 100%. You know, whether they have the talent to stick with the Jets, obviously they don't ultimately, but the fact of the matter is you're, you know, these guys all have a high degree of pride and they want to make an impression and try and secure jobs for the future. So um, it, it was a combination of, I thought Chicago played hard and I just didn't think the Jets had uh, enough going on, especially, you know, ultimately in that third period, they started to turn it around, but it was interesting, right? Morgan Barron takes that late penalty in the second period to end things. And you thought, if Chicago gets a two nothing lead, that could be the end of this game. But right. conversely, if the Jets can get a kill and build some momentum, maybe they can do something. Well, to, and to that point, the Jets penalty kill does deserve a couple of, uh, of mentions here. Now, again, you're not playing, uh, you know, uh, an elite by any stretch power play or anything along those lines. But I believe this is now four straight games yeah. without giving up a ten for a, ten. Yeah, 10 for 10. So they, you know, the Blackhawks had four power play opportunities. Pardon me. They had two power play opportunities in tonight's game. And again, the Jets were able to keep them off the board. When, and so this is an important step in the right direction for the Winnipeg Jets and their special teams that they've now gone, uh, you know, a significant number of games against weaker opponents, against JV level opponents. Again, that's not, that's not pretend. JV. That, well, I mean, let's not pretend that they're playing world beaters on the uh, you know, lately, but the Jets' penalty kill has been able to keep them uh, not give a, not give anything up, and that's important certainly as the Jets continue to try and find their legs on on special teams and everything along those lines. Uh, to your point before about the big long break after Tuesday's game, so ja- from January 16th, so let's say January 17th until February the 5th, there is no games on TSN at all. You the four games. After yeah. Tuesday's game, before the All Star break, are all sports net games, so you can uh, get so ready. Sean for Reynolds that. is going to be very busy, is what you're saying. Uh, I'm <laughs> assuming that our buddy Sean is going to be very busy, indeed. Uh, we say good evening to everybody that is joining us. This is the Illegal Curve post game show. Over 550 of you are watching us live on this Thursday night. Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsburg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. If you haven't already done so, what we ask of you, of course, is to smash 
smash the like button on the YouTube channel. Be sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel because we do this after each and every Winnipeg Jets game. And we're going to do it again Saturday morning at 9 a.m. with the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. We're going to get you set for the Jets and the Philadelphia Flyers, a team that has been certainly in the news as of late. And we'll talk about that more on Saturday morning, but we'll get you set for Saturday night's home game between the Jets and the Philadelphia Flyers. So be sure you're subscribed before. Be sure you're smashing the like button. That's what we want to do. And if you're new to us and you maybe you haven't done it before and you're maybe feeling a little anxious about doing so, we encourage you jump into the chat. It adds a whole new dynamic to the Illegal Curve post game show viewing experience. There's nothing so, wrong with watching and not chatting those. There's well. nothing wrong you, with it. You but can if you be an anonymous uh, post game show viewer. There's absolutely. nothing wrong with that. You can be. There's no. There's no reason why you can't be. But if you want to add an extra level to your, uh, an extra dimension to your experience, you know, maybe you want to. Maybe you want to jump into the chat as well. Totally up to you. We welcome you. Regardless, the chat is hot right now. If you're it's a, if you're a viewer, or if you're a chatter, or if you're a viewer and chatter, whatever you desire is fine with us. It's your boy Bruce is fired up tonight, Drew. Okay, well that's important. So one nothing for the Chicago Blackhawks. After 40 minutes, the Jets start the third period on the PK. And as you mentioned, Morgan Barron was in the box after taking a penalty. Well, Drew, Never, you forgot uh, you forgot something critical though, Drew. What's that? I don't want to I don't want to correct you, but the Jets were losing, and I believe Saxophone Squirtle made a yeah. uh, appearance. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. I, I, I made a note of that arena. here. Dave. I don't know. Yeah, it was on my notes here. Yeah, oh, saxophone, <laughs> saxophone Squirtle makes an appearance with Benny. I mean, Benny and, and Benny actually had a literal saxophone. So, I mean, Ooh. it was a saxophone squirtle Benny collab uh, that, you know, of course went viral. And so I believe that's what six zero and zero now since saxophone squirtle in the building. I just want to throw another thing out there. And I do have this in my notes here. You, I don't think you can necessarily see it, Drew, but no, I can't. At, I don't at care. the 905 mark, yeah. uh, Taylor Radish tripped Josh Morrissey. Yes. Morrissey. That was the second penalty that, that Morrissey drew. Yes. Um, they also played Van Halen Jump. So I just okay. wanted to. Thank you. That was an important this, this point is, that I you, wanted to make. Again, these are the fancy stats that you come to Illegal Curve for. But you mentioned that power play, Ezzy, and that power yeah. play was important for the Winnipeg Jets. You're right. It was. Josh Morrissey is trying to. Uh, you know, drag the Jets through the muck. He's trying to drag them back to getting an equalizing goal, and you know Taylor Radish takes that tripping penalty. The Jets don't score on that power play, but the the time that they spent in the Blackhawks zone and their approach to that power play was a different approach than we had seen for the previous, you know, let's say 15 minutes of the game to that point. A lot of net front action, a lot of scrambles in front. Uh, the, you know, e, uh, Velarde and I think even Adam Lowry and maybe even uh, Cole Perfetti driving hard to the net trying yep. to do jam plays uh, in the blue paint. So you could see the Jets' approach, which had been so perimeter for the majority of the game up to that point. They realized that they needed to get into the interior, something they've been very good at doing this year and something they've been even better at preventing this year. But they, you could see the mindset change with that, uh, with that radish penalty and with the Jets trying to push for the equalizer, which they eventually get. 
And boy, did the roof blow off that arena in downtown Winnipeg in front of the sellout crowd when Gabe Velarde got his 10th of the year. Assist to Adam Lowry and Josh Morrissey. Fitting that Morrissey and Lowry get the assists on this one because they were really uh, the, the, the key. Instrumental. To this instrumental in, in making sure the Jets didn't settle for a, a home ice defeat here. Uh, Morrissey collects the puck. He gathers the loose puck that's sort of along the, the sideboards. He feeds it down low to uh, to Adam Lowry and then Gabe Velarde, who is just so good at getting away from coverage in front of the opponent's net. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is so good at getting his stick available and loose, and he does it in this instance, and Lowry puts the perfect pass on Velarde's stick, and Velarde is able to deposit it behind Mrazek, and the Jets have tied the game with four minutes and 29 seconds to go, Dave. Yeah, there's, you know what, it, it, you felt the momentum starting to turn. You felt the Jets starting to kind of get back into it. The crowd, yes. to their credit, they were into it. They kept, you know, the the chance up the energy was was going in the building and you know as he mentioned him Josh Morrissey I mean he was instrument you kind of feel like 44 was trying to wheel the Jets back into this game and he makes you know that play to go get the puck and you're absolutely right like Adam Lowry uses his his size and his strength along the wall to protect it to create that opportunity and then Gabriel Velarde finding that time and space I mean that's soft ice that he just peels away from from the Hawks defenders gives himself that opportunity and ties the game and I mean the crowd goes wild I mean as when I were watching it here of course but it's just a it's just one of those things that you kind of felt it was building and then sure enough like I said with 330 to go in the game uh it's it's a huge goal because you felt like Chicago was trying to like you know hold the dam up with their hands mm-hmm. and they not the damn line as he because we'd call it the <laughs> mad line here on this show but, but they we were do trying to hold the the damn mad line as well yes that mad damn line, but anyways, mad damn line, but anyways, so the damn you mad, damn mad line. What about yes. damn you mad? I think that's true, 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 true. We leave the line making to Ezzy, we leave the line pushing to me, and then we go from there. But and, anyhow, and I find, Drew, and I find anything better to do with myself. Yeah. And Drew, you just go do lines, but anyways, the point is that <laughs> for the record, I do not. I wanted uh, on, on well, you do own a record, cocaine bear not. shirt, though, Drew. So say that again, Ezzy. You do own a cocaine bear shirt, that's so that's true, why you left that's, yourself. Hence the open reason I that. assumed that you were into that kind of thing. But anyway, we're drug free show. Not into that kind of thing. <laughs> Anyways, so look, it's it's just a it's a huge goal. It gets everybody excited in the building, and it it felt like that was about to happen again. Like I said, not the game you were used to seeing from this Jets club, but that idea that they could get back into these games even when they don't necessarily deserve to uh, was was you know is is continues, and sure enough, they tie the game and the building is is going and the conclusion which i won't ruin of course drew because not everybody watched the game and they're desperately <laughs> find, trying to find out what happens based on our show Naturally. but the fact is that that is something again we're not used to seeing with this jets club in except it happens against this jets club right the 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 late goal to tie it or in a tie game giving up a late goal that ends up being a game winner not this year of course mm-hmm. but now that's something the jets are doing to teams not not having done to them yeah, and Dave, this is a good comment from uh, uh, Matt Hyman. You know, he's saying that, you know, we shouldn't expect the Jets to play perfect every night. There's going to be some bad periods, but then hopefully they can find a, a way to win, right? And mm-hmm. that's what great teams do. That's what, like, the elite teams, that's what the, you know, the Boston Bruins, the the Vegas Golden Knights, mm-hmm. and now this year the Winnipeg Jets, they play pretty mediocre for the first, 
you know, 50 minutes or so. And I mentioned this earlier, like um, four and a half minutes late, uh, four and a half minutes left. See, that's why when I have a cracked screen, guys, it's hard for me to read what I typed here in my little <laughs> notes app. But Nemestikov had the chance with four and a half minutes lay- left. Uh, Morazic had to make the shoulder save. That was when Perfetti fed it to Nemestikov. Yeah. And when there was, uh, uh, pardon me, what was the other one? Uh, the two-on-one the... Toninato to Baron. Oh, there you go. Like, yeah, see, yeah. again, crack screen. Eight minutes left, Morgan Baron, two-on-one with Toninato, Morazic shoulder save. So there were two really good scoring chances there mm-hmm. before Gabe Velarde scored the uh, the tying goal, right? So yeah. the Jets were pushing, and Drew mentioned this uh, earlier tonight on the postgame show. Um, I mean, the, the Jets finally started driving to the net, and, and they started having a more of a shoot-first mentality. We talked about it. The first half of that that second period, the Jets had like one or two shots on net. They just mm-hmm. weren't doing anything. They were making one too many passes. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's what great teams do. They they find ways to win when they play, as Drew mentioned, they're, you know, sometimes you play your C or C-plus game. Yeah. And by the way, and, Drew, sorry, as a quick aside, I, it was funny in the second period where it appeared that Mason Appleton had gone offside on a, a on a Jets rush, and we thought, well, of course, he's gonna break his goal, his goal, his little streak of like, <laughs> what is it? Back. Is he twenty five games, twenty three games, and uh, twenty four now? Yeah, twenty four games now. But but at the point time, twenty three games, and then of course it'll be called back, kind of like that empty netter that he missed by a fraction of a second. But they did that didn't score, so it didn't matter. Yeah, it did not end up mattering. That right did not end up happening. But I agree. I remember the play. I thought it was offside as well, and yeah. then the, they yeah. let the play continue, and it didn't end up biting the Jets in the behind. And the Jets end up getting the game-winning goal with one minute and five seconds to go. It's Nikolai Ehlers, his fifteenth of the game. It's a game-winning goal. It's also the Seagram shot of the game. The Seagram shot of the game. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Whatever your drink of choice may be, we strongly encourage you to enjoy one of Seagram's great products. Perhaps Seagram's 83, Manitoba's number one whiskey. How about Seagram's VO, masterfully blended, distinctly Canadian. Or, of course, my personal favorite, Fireball. It tastes like heaven but it burns like hell and it must feel Where's like your little hell. bottle drew i just lifted it up i just showed oh you. i didn't it see right it here. sorry I, yeah okay uh thank you i didn't see it i'm not sure were, you, were, you, I, were your eyes closed there for a minute what's going on no i was i was uh i had my a couple of browsers going here uh okay uh but it must feel like hell for the chicago blackhawks to give this one up with a minute five to go nikolai ehlers with a head of speed after taking the pass from adam lowry in the neutral zone and you know ehlers with speed is a very dangerous proposition for an opposing defenseman and they play off of him and they let him gain the zone with that speed only picking up speed and he wires the shot past uh peter morazic you know i, I thought morazic probably should have had it i don't think this was ehlers best shot he's ever delivered uh i thought it was pretty savable but when you're pre- peter morazic sometimes uh bad goals get let in as we've seen throughout his career nonetheless not taking anything away from ehlers the celebration the smile was a mile wide and the barn was on fire 
not literally, as the Winnipeg Jets uh, took the 2-1 lead with a minute five to go. Uh, the poor, poor Chicago Blackhawks were so close to pulling off the monumental upset, but instead they end up def- getting defeated by the Jets 2-1. But just a... Look, Ehlers is is in a zone right now, and he wasn't good tonight either. I don't think he was, uh, you know, one of the better Jets forwards or anything like that. I thought it was Lowry and Morrissey were the were the best Jets forwards, but he still comes through in the end because even when he's not great or even when his passes aren't uh, aren't tape to tape, his speed is still such a weapon, and you got to see it on display on this goal, Ezzy. Yeah, and look, I mean, it's a nice shot, low glove side by by Nick Ehlers, but. And again, I know you know some like some people might get uh, a little bit sick of us praising Adam Lowry. You mentioned Lowry and Morrissey. You thought were the two best Jets. The play that Lowry makes in the neutral zone, though, is is a very significant play mm-hmm. because he it's Jacob Magna, who I think the Hawks just recently acquired, from, if I'm not mistaken. We talked about Seattle, Colin Blackwell, believe, right? Yeah, well, Blackwell was from Seattle. Where was maybe Magna was from San Jose? Yeah, it might have been. I but think so. Yeah. May, it's Magna who's at. Uh, center ice and Adam Lowry makes a really nice play by again using that body position similar to what he did on on the first goal scored by Gabe Velarde he shields yeah. the puck I was right it, it was it was Seattle I was right Ooh. similar to on the first goal Dave yeah. Adam Lowry shields the puck and mm-hmm. it's Philip Kershev who's not a big player and it's like Adam Lowry's bracing himself for more physical contact and mm-hmm. Kershev doesn't really do anything and he kind of just bounces off Lowry so Lowry just keeps going gets the puck over to Gabe Velarde and that was the tying goal on this play same kind of thing like he just uses uh you know his six foot five frame and you know he gets the puck to Nikolai Ehlers in the neutral zone I I don't mean to you know fixate on that but I just thought it was a a a sneaky really good play by Lowry in the neutral zone and then Drew's right I mean it's all Nick Ehlers speed after that and you're right Drew that's one of the biggest weapons that that the the Jets have and and they've you know you could really say that in a game like this you you missed Kyle Connor's speed maybe more so than you know some of the other previous games against Columbus or you know Anaheim um you know San Jose whatever because there wasn't a lot of speed in this game right like there weren't we talked about it, it was low event there weren't a lot of odd man rushes right um yeah. there was the break the Velarde breakaway in the, in the first period and then we talked about there was the Colin Blackwell shorthanded chance but mm-hmm. yeah i mean just a huge goal because i mean you know that was a bang bang you know for our buddy dennis bayak but you know after the jets tied it up you thought okay well this game's probably going to to overtime but that's huge to get the the clean win in regulation and keep keep the good times rolling keep the winning streak going you know, uh, the winning streak continues. It's now a franchise record, franchise record, winning streak, franchise record, or I guess Winnipeg NHL team record, uh, point streak. Uh, what are we up to now? 32 games 31. in a row? 31, 31 games in a row, having given up uh, three goals or less. And almost equally impressive in my book, now 11 games in a row, having given up two goals or less. Wow. I mean, you know, the superlatives are uh, being thrown around for good reason. It's because this Winnipeg Jets team and their performance, particularly defensively, has been superlative uh, through 41 games. We're now at the official halfway mark of the season in terms of games played, and the Winnipeg Jets affirm themselves atop the NHL. You're an exquisite host, Drew. Thank you. Two teams, two teams in the NHL with under 100 goals against the Jets and the LA Kings. So 
I mean, it's it's a remarkable feat. This Jets team continues again. It was funny because even had the Jets lost and the point streak and the win streak uh, ended, they would continue one streak because we knew that the uh, Chicago Blackhawks were not scoring four goals on the Winnipeg Jets tonight. So we knew that that streak was going to continue of three or less. And Drew, like you said, two or less is remarkable. And being stingy, that's that's important because even though that Chicago is not exactly uh, with with what they're missing, obviously Connor Bedard. But, I mean, look, at the end of the day, the Jets missed, obviously don't have Kyle Connor in the lineup, missed Mark Shifley for two-thirds of that game, and, you know, they still end up picking up a victory. Uh, the the team got it together and got it got it going. So, uh, Nikolai Ehlers is 31st game-winning goal of his career. Uh, he just keeps on. Not bad. You know, no, not too bad. As he <laughs> not is. bad. Crazy. I, that, was, that was his 15th goal of the season. So, I mean, again, we you – it's amazing still to see Cal Connor remains the the leading goal scorer on this on this Jets club. But again, Gabriel Velarde now into double digits with ten goals. Right, you've got mm-hmm. guys. the The collective group continues to get it done, and different guys get it done on different nights. So on a night where you knew that you lost Mark Shifley, actually Anton Fialbi's not you know his not not one hundred percent with his health, and uh, you 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 overall as a group didn't have it going on. Laurent Brassois you know, made the saves he needed to make it. Like, as he said, the one he didn't make was, was through a screen. And, uh, you know, again, he picks up another win for this team. So the jets, even when it doesn't look like they're going to find a way to pick up two points. Yeah. And the remarkable thing is like the, the points they they've banked. The fact that this team is having, like I said, it's a historic run for this jets club right now. Vancouver talking- was in first place overall for like an hour. <laughs> but the Jets, like, and, and the they Jets- rioted as a result. The whole city burnt down again. I I don't know how they rioted that quickly, but they just managed to too do soon. it. It's not but the Jets soon. have it's never too it. soon. The Jets have fifty eight points. I mean, this is this is a run that you know probably ends with them in the 110, 115 range right now. And and again, like I said, this is it's significant what we're seeing because even on the game the nights you don't think that they're going to pick up two points, they put two points and they move on. We'll see again. Obviously, what's happening with Mark Shifley. We'll see if there's going to be an update tomorrow. Will there be a recall? The Moose are in Laval. They got Billy Hainola back. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, on the other side of the break. Yeah. But uh, another two points. Uh, the Jets just keep getting it done. Yeah, Jets 60 points now on the season, Dave. Not 58. You, short, you shortchanged them by two. Don't you do that. Otherwise, the chat will jump down. And it's easy throat. to project the points for the season, right? 120. Hang on. Yeah. Can you do the math? You did the math right. You're a good job there. I wasn't sure if you were going to be able to pull that on off or not. And I thought when, when Jay Fresh Hockey Dave came out with his projections, I thought 109 was a big number. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now yeah. now if the Jets don't hit like 115. It's a it's disappointing second like, half of the yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I mean, the Jets might hit like a, 100 points by the end of February, the way things are going. Well, the Minnesota Wild now, with the Jets get to 60, are a mere 22 points behind Could the have Winnipeg been four. Jets. Say that again? Could have been four. It could have been four. 11 days ago, maybe 12 days ago, it could have been insane. four. And now they're 22 behind. That is an absolute insane stat That's a number. Uh, right there. Uh, Jets win 2-1 over the Chicago Blackhawks. When we come back on the other side of the commercial messages, I am a dirty, rotten liar who should be tarred and feathered. But you have to stick uh-huh. around to find out why. Plus, a brand new commercial. Lots going on. It's the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these important messages.
<laughs> Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club, and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. You guys ever wish for a game changer in life? Like finding out your favorite snack has zero calories? Or discovering the mute button on Ezzy? Picture this, a secret weapon for parking, where you can book a spot a whole month in advance. Tell me more, Drew. Pre-book your parking at really low rates, or maybe even for free, if you use the code ILLEGALCURVE. Free? What is this, sorcery? The Grid Park app. It's a real secret weapon that has affordable game day parking, and to sweeten the deal even more... I love sweets. Our listeners can use the code illegal curve to park for free. Holy Zamboni. Tell me about it. Just download Grid Park, G R Y D Park, and use the code illegal curve, all one word, to park for free. The game can change ah! just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. This January at Boston Pizza, every day is Pasta Tuesday. That means BP's famous pastas start at just $11.99 every single day. Create your own or go gourmet for just a few bucks more. Come on in for Pasta Tuesday pricing any day. Only this January at Boston Pizza. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos. Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Yes, it's true. Our friends at Grid Park are back as official sponsors here of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thrilled to welcome them back. Thrilled to have the opportunity to record yet another fine commercial. You folks are too kind in the chat talking about our acting skills and how we are actually up. My word is that we're up for a People's Choice Award next year as cool. a result of our of our acting skills on these fine commercials. So, you know, please vote for us in the People's Choice Award. Wasn't it a Razzie? 
Uh, no, uh, Razzies are only when we make our movie. I think that Razzies are exclusively for movies. Uh, I'm not sure about, uh, but you know, look, the companies are beating down our door to sponsor us, and it's clearly because of our commercials. So if you want our mugs representing your company, and let's be honest, how could you possibly not give us a call or send us an email? Drew at IllegalCurve.com, Dave at IllegalCurve.com, get Ezra at IllegalCurve.com, get in touch with us, and we want to represent your fine business that you've spent so many years building up to a success only to see it come tumbling down <laughs> as a result of your involvement. I think Bailey's thumbs it up great here with that comment, Dave. I don't know. How well, I'll tell you this. You you probably needed Grid Park uh, today for your parking around Canada Life because uh, the snow was 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 significant. So it would be nice to know that you could par- order your parking well in advance. There you go. The big thanks to our friends at Gridbark for coming back on board with us. Uh, as I mentioned, I am a dirty, rotten liar. Yeah, what's going on with that? Well, the reason I'm a dirty, rotten liar, friends, is that I said our next live on location show is going to be Thursday, February 29th at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue. Now, we are going to be there on Thursday, February 29th. There's no question about that. That, of course, is going to be the Illegal Curve Leap Day Party. It comes once every four years, so you know it's going to be a a, a real big party, a real uh, rager, as the kids say. But before that... Wednesday, January 24th, the Jets are going to be in Toronto to Mm. face the Toronto Maple Leafs. We will be at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue for that epic clash between the good of Winnipeg and the evil of Toronto, at least those in Toronto who cheer for the Leafs, those poor, poor suckers. So join us Wednesday, January 24th. It's going to be a 6 p.m. puck drop. The Jets and the Toronto Maple Leafs, the first game of the home and home, will be there at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue. We'll be watching the game. We'll be interacting. We'll be checking. Chatting, we'll be enjoying each other's company. Drew's going to be course, stuffing his face with chicken wings. I'm not a chicken wing guy. You should know that by me by uh, about me by now, Ezzy. Bones chicken and Drew Mandel do not mix. It's like oil. But and you love water. like you love your southern fried chicken, but you love you love your meat. You're 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 a good uh, omnivore. I do, not, I do not. I do not go with bones. I do not bones. Rick, well, why is it? Okay what's wrong? Them. What's wrong with all meats on a bone? I, I know what it is at one point in time. I'm just not, I prefer to not eat boned chicken. I don't like a T-bone steak. What about boneless not... chicken wings? I'm always a little sketched out about boneless chicken wings. If I'm going to have something like, like what, that, you I'll think have... there's like secretly going to be a bone in there? No, I'll just have like a chicken breast or I'll, I'll have something like that. I just, I'm more I, of a I'm chicken not... thigh guy, Drew. Chicken thighs are, chicken are thighs, delicious. Yeah. yeah, chicken thighs. You can't go wrong with that. That's, that, that's very Pipix? good as well. Like Pipix? No, I am not. I'm not eating the the, the Pipic or the Holy uh, Dinah, guys! Come on, let's go. <laughs> In any event, uh, January the twenty fourth. No bone chicken for me. Dude, I thought you were going to try and segue from bones to talking about some of the things Rick Bonus said. I was like, please just That's do that. That's what I was Rick, trying to love, do there, Dave. Love like, of you think God. I'm just trying to have fun with like our food talk? Yes, I do. But uh, anyways, we will be at Boston Pizza Wednesday, January 24th. Be sure to join us there. Uh, You mentioned Rick Bonus, and he had some uh, complimentary words regarding the Winnipeg Jets crowd that was in attendance tonight. Here's what he had to say, courtesy of our buddy Murata Tesh. 
quote, give our fans a lot of credit tonight, too, because they were go Jets, go there in the third period. We had a good power play in the third that gave us some momentum. The crowd was right into it. We scored that first goal, and that place exploded. Jets head coach uh, Rick Bonus lavishing the praise upon the crowd that was in attendance, a sold-out crowd tonight that didn't have a lot to cheer about except for the last few minutes of the game, and they certainly, uh, the Jets gave them their money's worth at the end of tonight's contest, uh, scoring those two late goals to tie and then win in regulation. Bones, uh, chicken wings, Drew. Thank you, Ezzy. More from Rick Bonus on Chicago's game tonight. And again, as we said at the start of the postgame show, we all sort of felt bad for Chicago because they probably deserve better, and they played mm-hmm. a pretty good game. Chicago played a great game. Don't look at their roster and don't look at their standings and say it's a bad team. It's a good team. They play hard. They made it very hard for us tonight, and they did get us frustrated. The truth is the Jets have now beaten the Blackhawks two out of the three times they played, lost one in overtime, but none of those games were cakewalks that you might think when you're playing a team that low in the standing. So Chicago right opened there. my eyes tonight. I'll be honest with you. Like you mentioned, you know, the game I was in Mexico for that game on the 27th. I think you did that one with Joe Pascucci, right, Drew? Yeah, I, did, I, yeah. I didn't watch a lot of that game, but I, I was following it and watching the highlights and, you know, they were hitting a lot of iron and uh, it sounds like the Jets deserve to have uh, some more goals on on Peter Morazic. But this was a game. This was not Morazic stealing the game. Chicago, we talked about it. They killed off. Um, they killed off the the penalties. Four the first, of them. Uh, four penalties. I was yeah. going to say three there for a second, but the Hawks killed off all four penalties and did a really good job. They prevented the Jets from getting a lot of shots on net, and they were three and a half minutes away from stealing this game tonight. Right. So, mm-hmm. I, I, like again. I mean, Rick Bonus is obviously being very generous in, in what he's saying. I mean, this is a bad team, and especially with all the players they have out, it's a particularly bad team. But when you put in that kind of effort, yeah, the games the are going to be close. Like, like Drew said, they, didn't they beat the Flames the other night? Yeah, yeah they, they did. did on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, then, and then they almost beat Edmonton, right? So, I mean, yeah. look, they're playing hard for Luke Richardson, and I think they impressed mm-hmm. a lot of people. And this team is, look, like Dave, uh, you know, we – we haven't really started covering the 2024 draft too much, but uh, Frank Nazar is a prospect yep. um, that the Hawks are really high on. He's at the University of Michigan with Jets prospect Rutger McGroity. Lots of speed. Jets fans right? want Nazar is a really year. good player. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about Kevin Kurchinski, Lucas Reichel, like obviously Connor Bedard, the one of the best <laughs> players in the world at 18 years old. The Hawks are going to be pretty decent in a few years. And you can see the respect that they have for their head coach and Luke Richardson, that they are yep. still playing hard when they very easily could uh, roll over a lot of these games with the number, with the amount of talent that is out of their lineup. They play hard each and every night. They probably deserved a better result tonight, but uh, kudos to the Jets for fighting through it. And kudos again, also the Blackhawks for, for showing up when they so easily could not uh, given where they are in the standings and given uh, all the litany of excuses that is just sitting right there uh, for them. Uh, I think doesn't that mean Rick bonus is the coach of the central division or, but I, I, again, because of his situation with his, with his wife, I'm not certain that he'll, he'll go. You're talking about the all-star game is what you're talking about. I would think that, yeah, the wind solidifies his, his, being the the coach, I believe potentially so. of the of the central. I don't even know. To be honest with you, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I have no idea how it's if it's there's a central coach and a Atlantic coach and a Metro coach and a, is it still three on? Th- aren't they doing something different this year? There's a I, draft. I, I think honest, they went like back said, to the draft this year. For I have, the well, no, they're doing the draft, but I mean, are there only two teams or are there four teams? That's what I'm I have at, no idea. 
Anyways, I'm thinking that Rick Bonus, in theory, would be the coach. Let's call him the coach of the Western uh, Conference. Again, don't yeah. care. But I would think that he's probably not going to do it based on, you know, I mean, I don't, we don't know how his wife Judy's doing. But he did say that, you know, he, like that sort of thing, I would imagine, he, you know, it's a little superfluous for him. So uh, it's a nice honor. Uh, and again, it's a testament to how the team is doing. But mm-hmm. whether, he, whether he goes or not is another question. Yeah, well, and obviously time will tell on that front. And uh, yeah, uh, just for the record, there will not be an illegal curve post game show after the All Star game. No, there I will can not. assure you that that they there will not be anything of that. We will be on our All Star break as well uh, when uh, when that uh, debacle takes place. I think it's in Toronto this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, February doesn't matter. Sometime in February. If sometime in February. Well, it does kind of matter in the sense that we won't be doing shows, so we always like to let people know. It's after the, I think it's right after the home and home with the Leafs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is. I think uh, it's like February 2nd. Yeah, that's Saturday, the Saturday that the Jets play uh, at home against Toronto. Uh, that's the start. Right after that is, I guess, the start of their bye week, I think. And then the All Star game. Then they come back uh, and they're off in Pittsburgh to start at that point. Yeah, that weird, that weird one where they play Pittsburgh. Is it Pittsburgh, Philly, Pittsburgh? Yeah. It's Pittsburgh, Philly, and then home to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, February 6th. It's a quasi home and home. Yeah. It's a quasi, well, with a game in between. Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. Like they've yeah. got the flyers in between, but it's right. it's kind of a home and home. They stay, Rod, they stay Rod in Pittsburgh. Rob is reminding us that February 2nd is Groundhog Day. February 2nd, also for the record, would have been my Baba Tootsie's 102nd birthday. Okay. Well, nice. Sorry, that's not, not, but around. it would have been. Yeah, I know. Sorry that she's she not looked, around hey, to Bob, celebrate Bob, it. Bob, Bob, Bob Tootsie got till 97, so I'm not she did good. Uh, yeah. She did, she did. And well. you have two living grandparents that are 97, right? So. I do, I do. Yeah, last word. Uh, this is uh, uh Darren Bombing, our friend, uh, Bonfire, Bonfire Sports Talk, yep. uh, NHL.com, NHL.com. He was in the Blackhawks dressing room again tonight, just like he was there, uh, after the game. Uh, what game was that on Tuesday against uh, Columbus? Uh, yep. here's Connor Murphy talking about the Jets. They're consistent, they don't cheat the game. I think a lot of their play comes from their defensive game, and they just stick with it and try to get pucks and bodies around the net, as simple as that sounds, and win battles. And they know if they stick to their game, things are going to come. We ended up breaking exactly how they wanted. So there's Connor Murphy again, another another opponent full of praise for the Winnipeg Jets and the style that they have been playing through the first 41 games this year, now atop the NHL standings halfway through the season. Uh, some off-ice roster maneuvering earlier today in that Vili Hainala is now finally healthy after suffering that tr- untimely ankle injury that cost him from starting the year with the Winnipeg Jets. He is now back healthy playing games and was sent to the Manitoba Moose, Dave. Yeah, there's no surprise there. I mean, again, despite the fact that the team, for whatever reason, was being a biz- bit bizarre, we knew when Rasmus Kupari was was assigned. And, of course, there's a distinction to be made. One is on a conditioning stint. That's yeah. Rasmus Kupari. So he has been sent down. The max for him is two weeks. So he can be there till I think, the 23rd, approximately. He played uh, yesterday in that 4 nothing loss to Belleville. But um, Vili Hainola has been assigned to the Moose. So he can be there uh, however long they decide to keep him there. Uh, not a surprise, though, because he hasn't played since, I think it was September 29th, in that game against the Senators. It was a preseason game. Then, of course, he needed ankle surgery, and he's looked good. He's been skating a lot with Rasmus Kupari. So uh, no surprise, Kevin Shoveldayoff, we haven't even mentioned his av- media availability today. That, of course, is on our YouTube channel. 
And we'll talk, talk about more on, about that on I know, Saturday's on Saturday. Illegal yeah. Curve Hockey Show. But he, you, like you said, he made the announcement today um, that Villahinola would be uh, cleared medically. And of course, shortly thereafter, he was assigned to the Moose. Uh, they could use him. They'll need him. They're in Laval. We don't know if they're going to lose a forward now because... Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. For the I actually thought... I didn't do that for the record. Oh, I'm not even kidding. I thought the show prematurely ended. I was like, oh, someone just that hit was, the cancel. That was obviously me. Yeah, I don't know. Clearly, but I mean, I appreciate it. You know me, as I'll never stop and never deny. Well, you didn't a... You didn't run the bumper. I mean, if you're going to go into Manuk Moose Minute, you got to play the bumper, Dave. Sure. I mean, I was trying to keep it to, you know, technically somewhat Jets related, but, you know, I'll, I'll deviate a little bit and go to the Moose. But it'll just be quick. Again, the Moose are in admired right now in a bad losing streak. Five straight games they've lost. So uh, yesterday in Belleville, it was a tight one. It was one nothing, And then they gave up two quick goals to be down 3 nothing, and then an empty netter. So they lost 4 nothing uh, to the Senators, who are really hot right now. They've won six in a row. So uh, the Moose need to get back on track. They're going to be up against Laval, the Laval Rocket, the farm team of the Montreal Canadiens. So the Moose will try and get things going. Uh, it, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I don't think they're going to call up Lambert is my guess. I, I've been right so far this season in terms of the recalls and crushing, crushing Brent's dreams right now, Dave. Sorry, Brent. I, I, again, I, I just think it's early for Brad Lambert to be recalled. They're, remember, they're developing him as a center. Uh, it's his first year being developed at the pro level as a center. He did that, of course, last year with Seattle in the in the juniors. But it, it's a big, obviously, a different animal to play center up in the in the NHL with a the pressure that there's going to be existing. So do I think that they, they recall him? I don't know. You know, Parker Ford, he's been playing much better of late. He's on a bit of a hot streak. So, you, you know, the guy who he was a preseason darling uh, for, for many Parker Ford could end up being uh, a recall option, of course, for the, for the jets. We'll see again what, what they, and, and you've got do. Rasmus Kupari coming back pretty soon. And well, no, he's bad. I mean, he played. He played last night. He played his first game last night for the Moose in Belleville. No, but uh, I mean, I mean, as an option for the Jets is what for I sure. Meant, yeah, for sure. No, no, you're right, Ezzy. And like, and again, he's a center. So I mean, you could, yeah. in theory, do some some movement up. I mean, we don't know what the status of David Gustafson. Doesn't sound like he's that close. Uh, it'll be very curious Gustafson on IR uh, to to create a roster space if they need to. No, no, for sure, for sure, for yeah. sure. But the other option also is. Um, well, I think Gus isn't Gustafson already on IR. Didn't they? I'm pretty sure they did. When they put Gustafson on IR, remember when VL was recalled? So oh, I think they actually did be. put Gustafson. I'm pretty that, sure they yeah. did put him on on IR. But ultimately, like I said, they, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I tend to think, and again, I'm you know, is that the organization isn't in a in a rush to look. Parker Ford's older because he played college, right? As so, you know, Chibrikov and Lambert, those are the guys I think they're going to let marinate. Yeah. And and like a Jilkin, those guys, they're they're not interested in moving them up quick. So especially when you've and got the Moose, like the Moose have to win some hockey games here, like they, for sure they're on, they're on a bit of a bit of a slump right now. I mean, not a, well, bit not of a big a slump. slump. Yeah, I mean they're. Uh, I mean, I think five last, in a row they've lost now. Yeah, Dave? their last yeah. hundred vision, I believe, right? Like, yeah, but and, they're, and look, crazy, they're only two points The season is not over by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, the the point I'm trying to make is Brad Lambert and Nikita Chibrikov. Those are your top two scores right now. Right. right. And oh, to me, I, like, yeah. And I, like, again, like I said, like I, I could see them calling up Jeff Malott. I mean, he's played, he's played well. He's probably earned himself a recall. If you don't want to put that sort of pressure on Lambert right now. And like I said, we'll see what happens. But my guess is 
that's more of a late season thing. But ultimately, look, I remember when Mark Shifley went down years ago and Jack Roslevic was was the best player on the Manitoba Moose. And Jack Roslevic ended up getting the recall for, for Mark Shifley. Remember when he went down? That was around Christmas time. Uh, I want to say in 2000, was that 17, 18? Something like that. So anyways, uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow. I mean, look, it might not be that serious. We're, we're, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves uh, as to the status of Mark Shifley. So we'll wait to hear. If the Jets, I don't know if the practice is still on for tomorrow. If it is, I'll be there and we'll have the, the updates from Rick Bonus available, of course, on our YouTube channel. And even if they don't and practice, a little he'll still be there. Just yeah, he just he just hangs out there. Yeah, even, I'll, I'll even, still be there. Yeah, I'll talk just, to my I'll talk to, to my friends in security, Paulo and and Don and Perry, of course. So we'll uh, yeah. we'll 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 have we'll shoot the shit a little bit, and then uh, they'll say, Dave, you know, you're not supposed to be here. Uh, the building's actually closed. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, let's wrap up tonight's post-game show with the uh, Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment. The Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment. Mr. Ginsburg, do you have a winner for us tonight? You're on mute. You found the mute button. <laughs> I was going to say for a part. there, you weren't going to say anything, and you were just going to come in silent there. I don't know what you were doing, pantomime or something. Lots of good chat tonight, led by the mayor of the chat, Ishaboy Bruce. We're going to give it to, and one of the reasons why we're going to give it to this person is because if you've been watched the Illegal Curve Hockey Show over the last 14 plus years, we're very close, three weeks away from our 15th anniversary show. Stay tuned I have, for- I have money on us not making it, by the way. Yeah. You think we're going to die? No, I think there's no, just like whole, they whole, disband. Yeah, the whole Ponzi scheme is going to finally come crumbling down. Yeah, it's uh, possible. But uh, February 3rd, which is during the All-Star break, is a Saturday. That will be our 15th anniversary because our first show was February 4th, 2009. Wow. How crazy is that? 2009 uh, was our first show. So that's going to be 15 years. And we're going to be uh, planning some really fun stuff. But if you've been listening to the show... Over the years, you would know that when Drew was younger, his nip nickname was Skippy. Yeah. So we're going to give it. <laughs> we're going to give it to Skippy. Jets played what I call a plug-and-play game. Chicago, for the most part, were plugged off high-danger opportunities, and the Jets continued to play on through. Not pretty, but still got the job done. So we're going to give Skippy the tough duck hardest-hitting comment for tonight, January 11th. So send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com. Or you can slide into my DMs on the hellscape, as Drew likes to call it, known as Twitter slash X, at ICSEG. And Tough Duck will ship out uh, a toque to you. And as everybody uh, in Manitoba and basically everywhere in North America knows, uh, there was a little bit of a, a snow dump over the last 24 hours. Tons of stuff. But as I as I tweeted how, about in the Ginsburg River Heights snow report, yeah, the, the snow was very fluffy and light. Yeah. So there was a lot of it. <laughs> but it wasn't like a couple of years ago when we had, you know, record levels of snow. Like it was like that hard packed, crunchy, heavy snow. So I actually really enjoyed shoveling tonight. It was a nice uh, anaerobic activity. Did, did you call it an anaerobic activity? Is that what mm. you just said? Yep. Okay. 
<laughs> on that note, I got nothing else. As he's dropping anaerobic activity, it's alliterative, and uh, you know maybe we'll let as he get back to doing some more anaerobic activity. I just hope I make it to our fifteenth anniversary show because you have me, you have me keeling over, Drew, before that show happens. I don't have you keeling over. I just didn't expect you to say anaerobic activity tonight. That's all I'm saying. And I'm giving you kudos. We, that's the high. I like point. to keep you on your heels, Drew. I always like to you know surprise you, you with my vernacular. I think is what you meant to say. Keep me on my toes, not on my heels. Oh, Back on my heels, on yeah, my toes. Whatever. In any event, uh, Man, congratulations to uh, yeah, congratulations to Skippy for his victory uh, in the Tough Duck hardest hitting comment. Big thanks to all of you for joining us tonight on the Illegal Curve post game show. Also, a big thanks to our sponsors. They make this show a possibility. They make the website a possibility. They make the Saturday show a possibility. Reminder, Saturday, 9 a.m., Jets Flyers later that night. We'll get you teed up for the Jets and the Flyers. 9 a.m., two hours of Jets talk back here on our YouTube channel. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Chris Locke, is in town. There's very few seats remaining for both Friday and Saturday. You should get them quickly. Our friends at Linden Market Dental Center, Grid Park. Remember, use code ILLEGALCURVE, all one word, to park for free. Linda uh, Zappia Group Realty, Betway, they're the title sponsor of the post-game show. Tough Duck, Boston Pizza. We're at Boston Pizza at the end of January for that Jets and Leafs game, the road game. So be sure to join us there as well for that. Seagram's, Fireball, Drink It Down, Rolly's Transfer, and of course, Farmery Beer, Home of Illegal Curve Lager, number two, Donald Street, or get it delivered via any and all of the delivery apps. These fine companies make the Illegal Curve post-game show, the Illegal Curve hockey show, and, of course, IllegalCurve.com. They make it available. Big thanks to all of you for joining us. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave us feedback, tell us what you like, what you didn't like. Be nice, though. Uh, tell your friends, tell your families. The best thing to do after each and every Jets game is to be here on the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. For Dave Manuk, for Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Until Saturday at 9 a.m., we wish you good night and good luck. Jets win 2-1 over the Blackhawks. Thanks for joining us on the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.